You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef. Today, we're coming to you from Nebraska, where we're visiting with Barb Cooksley of Cooksley Ranch in the Nebraska Sandhills. Barb, thanks so much for being with us today. Tell me a little bit more about your operation. Hunter, thanks you for coming out here. Well, first off, we are a family operation, like so many folks in agriculture. Uh, My husband, George, and I are fourth generation. We have one of our nephews and his family in the yard with us, and we have another young family in their 20s. Their second baby's due in August, so we're very much a family-oriented operation. Uh, We're commercial cow-calf producers in the Sand Hills and just enjoying uh, the cattle business right now. Well, Barb, cattle producers have certainly seen a major victory on Waters of the U.S. or WOTUS. And I know we've talked with you a little bit about this before. Tell me a little bit more about how the Supreme Court case in Sackett versus EPA is going to help you as a producer. As a producer, uh, watching how this was beginning to unfold, it was more than just impacting folks in agriculture when you think the Sacketts were trying to build a home. And in the Sandhills, we have wetlands that come and go in wet cycles, depressions that might hold water after a rain. If we as a landowner wanted to build a fence, do a cross fence that would help us with our rotational grazing, we didn't know with WOTUS as it expanded if we would have to get a permit to even put a fence through a a potential waters of the U.S. So we were very happy to see this. Many years ago, I remember when it was, when you talked about wetlands or waters of the U.S., it had to be a navigable stream. You had to have uh, a bed and bank definition. It wasn't just every puddle or pond, uh, whether they were connected or not. So very good news on WOTUS. Barb, Congress is currently working to craft the 2023 Farm Bill. What would you like to see in this next Farm Bill? In the next Farm Bill, I think it would be good for... Congress and the lawmakers, uh, agencies, to put less in the farm bill. Let's look at what we have, what's working, what can we simplify, what can we make more flexible. You know, an overall up and down review. There are so many programs out there. I would like to see less and use them more effectively. Make sure that whatever we have out there, is it working? Is it fully funded? We definitely, in the livestock industry, we want to um, make sure that our vaccine bank is funded. Let's prioritize and get those correct. You know, Barb, I know uh, Cooksley Ranch has made sustainability a top focus here, and sustainability is, of course, a top focus for the industry as a whole. What would you tell folks who are unfamiliar with the cattle industry about what you do to keep your operation sustainable? In the Sandhills and on our ranch, sustainability is using with what nature gives us Staying within those parameters, when we get dry, we sell off some of our livestock because we not only have to feed the livestock, we're responsible for taking care of the wildlife that was here. And recently, we've had a wildfire go through. We are now very careful in how we will use those pastures after the burn. But because the sand hills were formed under fire, we're going to work with the grasses as they recover, which they will. But we have to work within their time frame and what the weather gives us. So to us, sustainability is using what we're given at that time and then planning ahead and trying to be adaptable. 
Barb, I'm going to switch gears here for a moment. Uh, Congress has been discussing the role of commodity checkoff programs recently, and specifically the beef checkoff. Uh, I know as a cattle producer, you pay into the beef checkoff. What is your message to policymakers on the value of the checkoff? The checkoff and the beef checkoff in particular is working. Uh, It's a dollar per head per sale. It is overseen and regulated by USDA. And so there is government oversight. So I'm very comfortable as a producer. When I think of the checkoff, I think of research and all the beef cuts that we've um, gained off of that beef carcass. And then once we have those beef cuts, how do we get that out to the consumer? So we have to have uh, promotion. And the beef, it's what's for dinner. Even though I grew up eating beef, no, just the way I like beef, I find myself going to beef, it's what's for dinner for new recipe ideas. So think of those consumers who don't have our beef background. These are things that the checkoff does for, for me. And so I'm very proud to be paying that dollar. Barb, to close out, I'd like to ask you why you've been a member of NCBA for so long and what you would tell other people about why it's important to join NCBA. First off, the the friendships I've made. I have lifelong friendships now all over the country. And the important work we do for each other, because it is a national organization, black vultures are not a an issue up here in Nebraska, but I will fight to help neighboring states, other states who have a black vulture issue. We'll set policy on that and we'll head to our uh, elected officials and say, this is important that we keep whatever issue it might be because every operation is different, but we're similar in that we we love the, the land, the cattle, the water. We're entrusted with the stewardship of it, and we can work together as a national organization and make that happen. Well, Barb, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Hunter. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.